welcome to Arts District, the podcast. My name is Sterling Shea, and in this episode, I was joined by Devin, Emily, and Erica, who are some fabulous women from Lily and Joan. Lily and Joan is a nonprofit theater company in Dallas, Fort Worth, dedicated to innovative, inclusive, and intentional storytelling. They actually donate half of their profits to local women's organizations. So when you go see one of their shows or go to an event they're hosting, your dollar is going a long way and it's staying within the community. When Devin, Erica, and Emily came over, guys, it was like we had known each other for years. They are such great people to chat with and get to know. So if you get a chance to audition for them, you should absolutely do it because they were just wonderful. All right, here's Lily and Joan. Will you guys tell me, Lily and Jonah is like a baby. It's like one years old. Thank you for saying that because, yes, <laughs> it, it is a baby. It is a baby, which means it is, it's one years old, a little over one. It developmentally is still working mm-hmm. on, you know, like what its place is in the world. It still needs a lot of care and attention. Um, but Eric and I talk about this a lot because we feel like sometimes people expect things from us that they would expect from a five-year-old company or mm. a ten-year-old company. And so we're still taking care of it and figuring out exactly what Lily and Joan is and what we want to do. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. So yep. how did you guys um, get to the point where you decided you needed to create a company? Oh, well, I, I texted Emily one time and I was like, wait, I texted you, do you want to start a theater company with me? And I was like, this is all I've ever waited for. Yeah. And then like three months later, she Facebook messaged me and was like, let's put on a play with like a million wives. (laughs) We weren't even really friends. No. And then we went on one like, we were (laughs) absolutely not. Just kidding. We weren't. But yeah, we went out like for coffee Mm -hmm. and then and then drinks afterwards. And then two months later, we had our first, like, gala. Mm-hmm. So it started from there. And then four months later, we had our first show. It was very... Three. It was very fast. It was very fast. But it was like all all of the things, like, fell into place, which was really... Yeah, I... It felt right. felt right. I always wanted to have a theater cup. I was like, I want to be an artistic director. I want to have... I want to not work for other people. I want to mm-hmm. give my ideas to myself and what <clears throat> I'm working on. Um, because I would find myself very frustrated working for other people. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew that was what I, the direction I wanted to go in. And I went to school in Nashville, and there's a wonderful women who run a lot of theater companies there um, and serving as artistic director. And they were always the people that I was like, I want their job. They get to pick the shows for the season. Sometimes they're in the shows. They get to direct. Like, right cool who let them do that Um, (laughs) so that was something that I was always really psyched about and I think meeting Erica and her background in um health mental health physical health um feminism she has a really cool group on Facebook um living in sunlight yes which I've always been inspired by I think I've told you that um but just caring for women and creating a space for them that I think is something you're very good at in bringing that to our company. I like that that group has, like, a life of its own now. Like, I don't really even curate it or, like, post in there anymore because I feel like a very different person Mm. than the person who created it. But, yeah. Well, I love that person. (laughs) I do love this person, person too. But I think think that was a big part of, like, wanting to create a space that felt felt good intentionally. So, you know, like, what can we do to create a space that feels supportive and what does that look like yeah I think part of my wanting to start the theater company like some of my reasons were I took my equity card which in Dallas as a woman you'll just hear people tell you don't do that like over and over again Mm -hmm. and I'm really I'm just a contrarian I don't even know if that's a word (laughs) I'm a contrarian so I was like I'm gonna take it because like all the dudes do it but you know it happened I I don't end up working as much as I used to Mm -hmm. That's the reality. And so I was like, I want to create a company where we provide roles to women first. I mean, we we provide roles to all, everyone. Yeah. But that was sort of my thought process. It's like, I want to create more job opportunities for females 
because I was experiencing the like lack. Yeah. And how it was not very fair that like men are encouraged to take their card where women are like, no, 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 you'll, you'll never work again. That's so interesting. I haven't heard that from, I mean, I'm still new to the Dallas scene as an adult. Um, but in California, I had a casting director say, no, just like wait as long as you can. And I found a lot of comfort in that. At the time I was on my parents' insurance. So she was like, there's no rush mm -hmm. to get your equity card. And I will never not cast you because you're not equity. If I like you, I'm gonna make mm -hmm. you equity. So I was very comforted by that. But Dallas being a smaller market, that's very interesting that men take their equity card and continue to work and women take their equity card and then stop getting roles. Mm -hmm. Which isn't, it isn't the case for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like there are people getting roles and stuff, but I think the effort that they have to put in is a lot greater oh, than yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Are you, did you take yours? I'm about to take yeah. mine. And yeah. I've definitely experienced that exact thing where I consulted a lot of you know women who were older than me who have or have not gotten their cards and some of them were like absolutely take it like it'll be so worth it yada 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 but then some are like that is suicide don't take it yeah and I'm like part of it I'm like well you're not me right so you're not me and and I also that's just so like you said it's it's not because men don't think twice about it mm -hmm. around here no. they're like oh yeah I'll take it and I'm sure I'll work and then women are like should I do it? Should I not? Like calling everyone they know. <laughs> yeah. You know? But yeah, I've definitely experienced that exact same Devin, thing. can you tell me about your entrance into Lillian Joan as a actor, playwright, manager? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I joined the manager team last year. Mm -hmm. Last oh. March, yeah. 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 Spring. Springy. Yeah. Springy. Um, yeah, I've, well, I was away, I grew up here, but I was away for a while, and then I came back, and I was just like, hi, to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to everyone in DFW. Mm -hmm. Um, so I came back, and I was, like, really going for it on the playwriting front. Um, and then, I think I, like, posted something on Facebook that I was working on this Lady Gaga musical, and then Emily and Erica were like, wait! <laughs> Hold on! Hold on! <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so we got together, and then it was like, oh, wait, you guys are cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we vibed. We vibed. We're just vibing. <laughs> we were vibing, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then I joined the team, and I guess it's, like, almost been a year now. And I think I was always, like, Devin, because, yeah, I, I'm new to Dallas um, in the past two years, so I also was, like, Shay right? And she, like, all of these things that felt, for me, like, I have told myself, like, I need to focus on only being an actor because that's, you have to have, like, this tunnel vision. And truly, was it, like, cool, this wonderful performer also is, like, hey, I got to play, and it's going to New York. Like, that limitless part of you was something that I was really interested in. Thanks. That's a huge, like, hill I will die on for me, is that, like, people, especially, like, at my college, it was very much, like, pick one thing and that's what you do. Mm. Um, like, down to this is your type and that's what you'll play. And I just don't agree with that. Like the nature of theater is not to be limited in itself. So I don't I don't agree with the, the culture around theater that if you write plays, you must only be a playwright. Or if you act, you must only be an actor. Or if you're in musicals, you must only be in musicals. Like, I just don't agree with that. Yeah. So that's, and I preach about that all the time. So that's Great. my hill that I will die on. Yeah, the audacity to be a well-rounded right. artist. Well, and I'm like, have y'all met like Lin-Manuel Miranda? Yeah. <laughs> like right. the probably the most successful person in theater right now. And I'm like, y'all, he does like 12 things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The audacity. <laughs> Literally the audacity. We're doing, Erica and I have started back up on The Artist's Way. Have you done The Artist's Way? No, I haven't. I haven't. Um, we started a few weeks ago, but in chapter one, there is something about having the audacity to be an artist, having the audacity to create. Mm -hmm. um, and you brought yeah. that up this week. We're like, I, I don't know the direct quote, but it's like, it's saying people who have the audacity to do stuff usually are more successful than someone who may be more talented or creative. That's just like, hiding in the shadows. Oh, wow, that's so true. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I have always said, and I've always worked very hard to, I mean, I tried to do sewing and tech theater in college and was just no good at it. So I was like, okay, marketing, social media, development, audience engagement, that's going to be my other thing. 
And I have always said, like, if I have to set up chairs every night, I will do it because I just want to work in the theater. I mean, and that's kind of usually your way in, like, hey, we don't really have a spot for you in this cast right now. Can you come do the sound? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, look, this person's a great worker. They showed up on time. They're kind to everyone. I think we do have a spot for them in this next show. It's totally... That's that's true. Uh, You're thinking my two... No, you can. <laughs> I was going to say, being, like, I've never been on the other side of the table. I was always an actor. Mm-hmm. But now having done a few productions as, like, a producer, I totally agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. hard work goes a lot farther mm-hmm. for me as a producer mm-hmm. than someone having so much talent but, like, showing up late and, like, being difficult to work with. Like, oh. yeah, I agree. My junior high basketball coach said, hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. And yeah. that's like... Mm-hmm. Something yeah. and then there's all there's a commencement speech that I need to go look up and see what it is because I always refer to it, but it says you can be two of the three, the best of what you do, kind and you show up on time. And if you're two of the three, the other one gets excused. And so for I think for a lot of people that we work, it's like if you're talented but you don't show up on time and you're not nice, it's like mm-hmm. okay, right, yeah. We don't need to do That's that. Again. Good. But if you're if you're kind and you're hardworking and you show up when you're supposed to. I don't think you have to be the best. Because yeah. also, what is what, what is, is the, the best? best? <laughs> uh, how did you guys pick the name? Oh, Erica. Via text. <laughs> always. But we were... Um, I, I work with a introvert, so it's like... I am very introverted. We just text. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was text, and we were, like, brainstorming really strong um, female figures. And we really liked the blank and blank okay. kind of name title. So we were like, what if it's two names of, of someone in history that's like a strong woman? So uh, Lily is actually for Lilith, who is, I am tied to this person, not because I'm religious, but because my mom had this DVD called Lilith's Fair growing up. And yep. it's literally, a, yeah, it's like a festival yeah. that all these like girls from the 90s, like Cheryl Crow, um, yeah, Indigo, the Indigo Girls, Jewel, like everyone. Yeah, um, and they were in the same position. They were like, it's bullshit that we can't headline a festival, yes. so we'll make our own. I have such a strong, like, nostalgic love for this DVD because I would just watch it over and over again, like, because that's we just had a DVD player and, like, two DVDs. Right. Like, watch <laughs> Lilith Fair over and over and over again. So it's like, that was the first thing that came to mind. It was like, Lilith, and we shortened it to Lily. We also really like plants, so we were like, it's like a flower. Yeah. What's aesthetically <laughs> in our... And then we really were drawn to dr- uh, Drone. Joan of Art. Mm-hmm. That was our second. It was boring. Badass female. We had so many people tell us that was a horrible name, and... What? Yeah, for <laughs> a very long time. So, They're like, your names aren't Lily and Joan? Well, like, we do cool. get like, okay, also every like, email we get, dear Lily. Oh it's my like, gosh. No. <laughs> Someone was like, I just spoke with Lily. <laughs> And she told me, you're Joan, right? Like, no. <laughs> um, we did get a lot of, like, when we were vetting the names, just, you know. It's like when, you, I guess you have a baby and you don't want to tell anyone you're a baby. Like, I don't oh, want your I can't. Yet. I can't. Um, and people still be like, Lily and Jane? Or whatever. But I think it's, it's so weird. who we are. Yeah. It's become so who we are. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we wanted to pull from strong female figures. And our aesthetic is very earthy and kind of the jumping off. That was my next question was... You guys have this very specific brand, aesthetic, color scheme on your Instagram. And uh, it's a little like, yeah, earthy, witchy. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? How did that develop? Is that just part of you guys? Or is that like something specific you wanted to bring to the company? I think it is what we are drawn to, like aesthetically. It's just in our personal lives. Um, I really like a strong, like clear aesthetic so it was like we got to pick one but it took it took us a minute to find it but we are only a year we're babies yeah so like starting out i was like we're earthy we're, we're all these earth tones and then finally like this season we're like no we're dark and we, we're everything will be black we love and crystals and yeah it just it is so, like it is something that i think carries through in our personal it's, lives and our styles yeah I think. it's very much who we are. Yeah. I grew up making spells in my backyard and potions and playing in the woods. Like that's, yes. it's always been a part of me. And I've always been so like, nature is something that I just feel like so unbelievably connected to. Um, but it, I think it's so much who we are. And it, now it's a very sexy thing. Like being mm. a witch is very like- In. In, in right <laughs> now, which I think 
as Erica and I are contrarians sometimes, we're like, oh, now everyone's a witch. <laughs> we have to be something else. We have to be something different, but really stick to be wizards. <laughs> yes. Can be like a sorceress. Yeah. Ooh. That's like Devin. That. Devin's a sorceress. <laughs> as I wear a sweatshirt that says, De- in death we trust. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch Game of Thrones? No. Uh, did anyone else in this room? She's like the red lady. Okay, Erica is also doing things. She goes and say what everyone's wearing. Um, ladies, ladies, lady. I thought that was appropriate. It is that. true. And I am wearing a um, knit. Knit. You look very French. <laughs> I'm obsessed with being French right now. That's going to be our new. Lillian Jones going to switch to being French. Whoops. I'm a strong Norwegian. I'll throw that in there. Bring it in. I think I'm from Norway too. You probably are. Um, Devin, you wrote a play and it's in the season upcoming. What it can you give us a little tease of what it's about and what your playwriting process is like? Yeah. Um, so uh the show that's in this season is very exciting for me, especially. I'm like the largest Lady Gaga fan in the world. That's probably not true, but like up there, like <laughs> top ten. Okay. Top ten for sure. Um, but so this uh show is a retelling of Shakespeare's Lady Macbeth from Lady Macbeth's point of view with Lady Gaga songs and it's called Lady. Awesome. (laughs) Lady. Yeah. um, So the show is a mix of historical accuracy and Shakespeare's um, idea of what the history was. Um, which is actually very um, wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research for it, and there was, I don't know if it's true or not, I need to do more research on it, but there was a website that said that Shakespeare was actually paid to write Macbeth to make Duncan look like a very good king, mm-hmm. which is super interesting because what I found through my like historical research is that Duncan was not liked at all. He apparently took a bunch of people into battle um, and didn't fight himself, and then everyone else died. So not the best leader. Yeah. Um, So this show kind of uh, paints him as the villain, and obviously Lady Macbeth, who her real name is Gruach, which is so bad. Beautiful. But I'm not going to change it. Yeah. Gruach. Gruach. Beautiful. Um, (laughs) It really does. It's a very soothing name. Um, Yeah, so it's from from her point of view, painting her as the the hero, not the hero of the story, but the one that you root for. Yeah, so it starts uh, before the actual Shakespearean story of Macbeth Mm -hmm. and then uh, ends when her part of the story ends. Okay. So... It won't be the full story of Macbeth. It's very different, and Macbeth is definitely a supporting character. That's exciting. Um, Yeah, I have always heard people say that Macbeth is not really about Macbeth. It's Lady Macbeth's story, but I haven't seen a production that represents that well. Well, she's really like the the powerhouse behind Mm -hmm. him, and I think the stories become about how women's power is often veiled by males and what happens if we take away that mm-hmm. veil so is lady gaga's music driving the plot or how are you working music into um so lady gaga's i'm gonna get really nerdy okay <laughs> lady gaga knowledge <laughs> lady gaga's born this way album is my favorite it was the best concert of hers it was just so cool and it's that was like when i was a senior in high school and mm-hmm. still stuck with me um but it's very like Especially the way that she, like, performed it was, like, very medieval and very, like, we've been using the word chrome. Like, very, mm-hmm. like, futuristic, but also medieval. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was just this weird asynchronous thing that I, my death-oriented brain was like, <laughs> this is so cool! <laughs> <laughs> Me being, like, 19, being like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, so that really stuck with me. And like that whole aesthetic is like my aesthetic. Like I'm, I very much like, like the metal and rock and black and stuff like that. So, um, that has been like the biggest inspiration for like the aesthetic of the show. And then as far as the music goes, like, um, 
some of the songs, because I'm not using one album, I'm just using the whole discography. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen mm-hmm. that. That was cool. <laughs> beautiful. I was like, she say <laughs> I'm using the whole history of uh, Gaga, so which is really nice, so I can pick any songs I want that go with what I'm writing at mm-hmm. the time. So we've got a good mix of like songs that people who don't really like Lady Gaga will know because they're popular. Mm-hmm. And we've got like the Bloody Marys of the Gaga world where mm-hmm. like nobody knows that song unless you like have listened, like put the CD in your car mm-hmm. and listen to the whole thing. So it's a good mix of both. And it's also just exciting. It's very like heavy and dark. But then you get like these like weird electronic moments of like everyone singing applause and you're it's just it's just a whole new world and there's blood and all things I love. <laughs> so is it a musical or is it a play? It's a musical. Yeah. Cool. So like the other day I was writing because I'm still writing it. Um but yeah I've got two lords singing applause to each other. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm so excited. Shakespeare's turning in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> he was paid. I it. think he would like it. I think he would too. I he, think he would be a fan. Yeah. I think Lady Gaga's. I that was the first play that, play that I ever did, and like in any sort of outside of like VBS kind of way. Right. Um, and I and I loved it. And I had always had tinkering. I have like some visions of Macbeth in my mind. And I after we did Midsummer last year was like. I really want. I really want a Lady Macbeth. I really want a Lady Macbeth story. And then Devin showed up, and she was like, "Look, look what I got!" And, like, and so just, just it, wait. Yeah, yeah. It was really the universe conspiring. Yeah, like, yeah, really, truly. Really, because Emily really, yeah, from the start was like, "We need to do oh, Macbeth, and there needs to be blood, and they're <laughs> all over everywhere." Uh, so yeah, no, sure Macbeth is my favorite. One of my favorite, not just Shakespeare, but one of my favorite plays in general. Just because I've always thought she was cool. Like, from in high school when we would read Macbeth, I was like, this lady is the boss. She's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And what's been really interesting, too, is, like, obviously she has, like, two very famous monologues. And so... Um, I could do one right now. Right? Milk of human kindness. Bring it out. Um, yeah. So that's been really interesting, like, trying to, to fit those in in some way, but make them new match this story yeah and that line about what is the one be the serpent under it i want that as a tattoo that's mm-hmm. like the best line you in the world a tattoo look and like the innocent flower but be the serpent underneath it like that's the theme of the whole play mm. be the serpent and we are we are um another thing that i really admired that you guys do is like the events aspect of the theater company, like Sips and Sonnets is coming up or... We have a summer series that we... Yeah, like the galas. And did you guys... Did that happen organically or was... is Did you have a very structured idea of also producing events for people? I think that was something that was always in the game plan for both of us. Yeah. Because... Oh, we no, have, what, if it, what if I was like, no, no. no. I didn't want that. <laughs> I just think we're both like multi-passionate, creative people. And so we have other parts of us that are like, we're not just producers. We're not just directors. We're also into meditating. Yeah. <laughs> Leading a group meditation. Yeah. Or, you know, and I think we're, we're able to bring that in by like the summer series where it's kind of like nurturing artists or really anyone. I think everyone's an artist. But that's, yeah. But yeah, that's like kind of what our summer series is all about. <laughs> I, yeah, I think for me, it, it's hard for me being a theater artist or what's always been difficult is the feeling of like what I'm doing for the community is providing you this show. And I feel like that wasn't, that didn't feel enough for me. I didn't feel like I was actually engaging with the community from the stage. Mm-hmm. It was just like, thank you so much. Did my part. You and you don't know it. who I am. But you don't know who I am, and I don't know who you are, and I don't know. And I think that's where my drama therapist, like, soul comes in, where it's like, I need to know how we're impacting one another through performance. But that's why the events are so nice, because it pulls in. Like, mm-hmm. we get to meet people that we have never, like, we would never meet just by putting on a play, mm-hmm. um, which is exciting to me for there to be a little bit more reach um, and impact, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah, that was my goal, and it still is my goal. This is a baby podcast. Your baby theater. Yeah, um, 
um, is I wanted to do events too because I was going to auditions and recognizing people, but I didn't know who they were. And oh, I was like, yeah. this is so weird. Because now I'm just staring at them <laughs> and they can feel me staring at them. Um, and I was like, wouldn't it be great if there wasn't this kind of like high school animosity of like, if you get this part, I don't get that part. And like, mm-hmm. let's take it offline, off the air and like meet in a non-audition setting and like drop that. Like, I mean, even if you're the kindest soul in the world, you have this little edge of animosity when you're in an audition and I'm very like I love to chat people up and I'm like where are you going to school have you auditioned for this company before and you can tell people are like I'm trying to focus I'm like we should do this in a different (laughs) okay (laughs) goodbye um so yeah I really I really like I like the idea that the Dallas theater community can meet elsewhere and kind of just drop it's still artsy but you're not there to be an artist Mm -hmm. yeah well and we're not a small community but small enough where everybody knows Mm -hmm. everybody or if you see someone you're like i know who that is regardless of whether you personally know them or not yeah so yeah yeah, it's important for us to have like spaces where we can like connect as people and not as performers or whatever you are if you're more than one because you can be more than one (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean theater is for me it's always been like whatever show you're in that's your family because you're around them 24 7 for like weeks at a time so Mm -hmm. but I think Lillian Joan does a great job of like creating a space for people to like bond as humans question emily yes can you tell us about drama therapy and why it's important and how you're using it yeah within the company we'd love to um drama therapy in itself has is like a pretty recent um intervention i Mm -hmm. suppose like historically within the united states it's like since the 70s got really hot and sexy because that's when people were like we're doing different things and um going against like a freudian perspective on psychology so uh, drama therapy can look like a lot of things, which is really exciting for some people. That is kind of like an improv um, class, if you will, mm-hmm. where you're playing games and you are trying to manage chaos in this small group. So then you can tolerate chaos when you're outside in the real world where chaos you cannot control. Um, there are people use puppets, people use scarves. They do a lot of like projective work. Um, for me, I'm really interested in drama therapy as a performance um, medium. I should not be pounding on the table. Um, I'm interested in drama therapy as a perf- in performance because I think there is so much that happens to us as artists when we are in a role. And I like the idea of taking, being very intentional about that. So whether it's a devised piece that you're creating about your own life and your own trauma and figuring out a way in this alternate reality to overcome whatever challenges you need to, um, or my dream of dreams would be able to have like people who are in a group therapy setting, we do layman's or something that's already right. like a something that's already exists and then cast them based on what they need to work on or what they want to work on and finding if someone needs to work on compassion or empathy or self-confidence and trying to um, take a therapeutic lens onto the theatrical work that we're doing. So so interesting. I'm obsessed with it, but the buy-in, I'm a year and a half into school and the buy-in is just recently happened where I'm like, ah, Mm, but that's, I'm interested. That's so interesting though, because really that's probably been happening for years with just actors, but they just aren't thinking about it. Yeah. Like when I was doing Lizzie, that was like a huge release for me, but I wasn't thinking like, this is therapy. Yeah. But it probably was like in some form, you know, I have a, yeah, I have a specific show that I'm like that probably changed yeah oh yeah absolutely and how much more powerful or if if there is someone who's like trained in being able to hold that or have like reflection on that because in in theater now it's like we go in we are scheduled for this time rehearsals and we go home and so what i do like with lily joan any show that i've done and i encourage it for our other directors is have like our 15 minutes of check-in at the beginning and then we do a check out and we receive some rub because that's not what you normally do and expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really, really important to create this container because everyone screams for safety. And then, but then when you actually have to take the time to be safe, that's, mm-hmm. that can be irritating um, because it's foreign. 
Um, but yeah, the performance is what I really am into. I did a devised devising day this past fall where we took people who had experienced um, trauma or pain or bad experiences from being a theater artist, hearing those stories mm. and then transforming it into something that was manageable. Um, and then we had a talk back, which is always important in drama therapy for like a out processing. And it was really, it was really inspiring to me. And now the place that I did it was at Union. Um, they are, because of that, they're doing a whole um, devised piece on marginalized people within their church. Mm. So awesome. yeah, kind of had, That's I feel great. like it was a part of inspiring something. Yeah, <laughs> I love those articles that'll come out every couple of years about um, a, like a jail or a prison mm-hmm. center yeah. that is doing a play yeah. and how important it is for those people to just be not even the role, but just like someone is counting on me. Someone needs me to show up and needs me to be prepared and I'm wanted here. And it's mm-hmm. just that, that like wakes them up every morning. And that's so amazing. It, and I think it's a parallel, there's a parallel process there between like people who are in a prison or they're in a eating disorder recovery center or they are in an addiction recovery center. And then like why we as artists also come to the theater because we mm-hmm. there is consistency. We're being relied upon. We get to, there's more than just showcasing our talent that I think um, whether we consciously or subconsciously feel it that we Mm -hmm. that's why we go back to it but what's been so interesting and i've told erica this so we learn about like in performance especially like we learn it from a drama therapy perspective but there's these stages of like everyone's bought in and excited then we get to the hard part and people are like i'm sick and can't be there and people start bailing or dropping because a performance is what we call like a planned crisis yeah because it it's like you are going to have to get up there and do some things and it's going to be scary, but you know that you're going to do it. Um, but then I, as a theater person, was like, would get so upset. Like, these people aren't invested or they're dropping out and no one can commit. And it's really frustrating. But then looking at it like this is actually something people have documented and done research on and it's predictable mm. made me be chill the heck out. Where I was like, oh, someone's probably going to drop out. Someone's that hasn't happened yet, but like someone's gonna be sick. Someone's right. going to. Do That's something we so interesting because like. I've been so frustrated lately. I'm gonna call it bail culture because I was like, is it is it new? Is it not new? Is it millennials? Is it everyone? I don't get it, and it's so frustrating. Like, can you just show up if you said you would show up? Yeah. Um. And and sometimes it's with it's parties like there was literally a time that I laid out food and decorations and pulled the good tv into the living room (laughs) and then nobody came and nobody called to cancel and I was like what is happening I don't I think bail culture that's really that's interesting because I think we've gotten into like self-care culture which can be really really Mm -hmm. a positive thing but then I do feel more permission like I'm not showing up because I need to take care of myself in this moment Mm -hmm. I was gonna say I'm as an introvert probably contributing to bail culture but I have found if you bail nicely ahead of time yeah well and it's it's obviously never your intention to be like I bailed and now I just found out that six other people bailed yeah that's never the intention but that has happened and yeah like the last show I was in I was in because two weeks before the performance someone left and I don't know why it was probably a a great reason but I'm like well and my parents were just very like no you said you were going to do this you have to do it I hated cheerleading I hated it so much I signed up for it in ninth grade and I was like please can I quit I hate this I don't like these women I don't like any of this I want to go and they were like no you said you would do it. You have to finish it. Right. You cannot do it next year, but you have to finish it this year. And I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. But yeah, self self care on the other end of the spectrum is equally as important. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say, but I just think you should say. There, like, we've realized that on betting <laughs> on our side. That's my opinion. Like I am all about like just it's just communicating. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna bail, it's fine. Like in my opinion, like it's fine. It's just like yeah. It's easier on yourself as the bailer to communicate ahead of time and just clearly like, hey, I'm not going to be there, you know, rather than like waiting till the last minute and then like just not showing up. It, that is more stressful for everyone. Yeah, but <laughs> yourself, just, yourself, just communicate. 
Also, any any bailers out there, that's me. Hey, Erica. <laughs> Erica, when Erica's listening to this later. Direct address. Direct address to <laughs> the bailers. If you are going to bail, that is okay. That is fine. Just know, we've already said this, it is just such a big thing when you bail and all these people were counting on you. Mm-hmm. Just let us know. We had mm-hmm. people bail on us. That's why I'm like, so... My, 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 just like college though, like theater is such a different thing. Cause I had the opposite. My mom, I love her. She was such a hippie growing up though. Like I was allowed to quit whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And she'd be like, yeah, quit it. They suck. And so I don't know if I, I think there needs to be a balance. Yeah. There should be a balance, but like, Hey, like, I don't know. She just was a free spirit. She let us like chop our hair off and mm-hmm. do crazy stuff. It was a great time. See, I think my parents were like, no, no, we paid $200 oh, for Little yeah. League basketball. You're going to finish Little League. <laughs> and I'm like, I hate it. My parents were concerned with their image. They're like, this looks bad on us. Mm-hmm. So you are representing the family and this is what so. you do. But <laughs> I love cheerleading. So it's kind of like knowing the difference between self-care and self-discipline. I think those those two things like Hello. 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 <laughs> I get confused all the time because to me, like, Some people get way too far down the self-care rabbit hole and it's like, I'm not going to drive you to the hospital if you're having a child because like, I need this moment for myself. And like, that's not self-care. That's just like not being a good person. Like you don't need that moment. So sometimes, and sometimes too, like the care that you need to put in, and I'm kind of going through this like right now in my life, like it's not like you need like a moment to like drink coffee and like look at the sun. Like you need to like buck up and do like the hard things mm-hmm. in your life. And that is self-care, but it's self-care through self-discipline. I love it. I want a shirt. <clears throat> right? With all of that. I think that's some like as I as I get older and have to do things that I don't want, I have a person in my life who's like, you how do you do that it's hard it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to do all the things that I'm doing oh absolutely I don't want yeah. to be doing the dishes I don't want to take out the trash like I don't want to but I but I have to because the self-care is like in some in the longevity of like having some self-discipline I grew up very right. not disciplined I went to a Montessori school you we did? had to choose yes we had to choose did you wash your feet people <laughs> I hear this about Montessori what? like they have feet washing stations <laughs> yeah we did like gum chewing stations so you have like it's properly weird. chew the gum and then spit it out in this and oh, then no, I was very wash your child. feet I don't recall washing my feet but I did know that I one day had like left-handed scissors and they're like that's what you chose so that's what you're using today it's left-handed scissors and I was like this (laughs) what but you are not left-handed no what a weird and I was sent for education (laughs) it was and also first used to take naps so they're like you're gonna learn cursive so that's literally all I know how to write it and I was like oh I still use cursive yeah I need to I don't like picking up my pen so also like if you practice self-discipline as opposed to self-care like the moments when you do truly need and like have self-care are like so much better mm-hmm. because you're like i truly earned this yeah and i do deserve this because sometimes mm-hmm. you know when you're like doing self-care and you're like i'm kind of being like a little bit shady right now because <laughs> i don't really need this but i'm being like self-care Right. Yeah, my so, best bomb. Yeah, you're like, you need a bath bomb. I'm really hard day, and you're like, no, you didn't. You need to like go home and do your work, and yeah, then go to bed at like nine. I remember, self-care. yeah, when I left college, I was like so overwhelmed. I hated my job, and I called my mom. I'm like, I'm just supposed to work forty hours a week for the rest of my life, and my mom was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who invented this? and like it it literally I mean it's weird because in college I would be in political science at 8 a.m and I would not leave campus until after midnight Mm -hmm. because of I was going to class I worked two jobs on campus and then I would go to rehearsal and then go to like my other side project rehearsal after that rehearsal and I was fine I was golden and then like you do a job that you don't love and you're not passionate about. And you're like, eight hours. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It's oh, yeah. so true. Like yeah. when I'm in a show, I'm like in the gym, eating healthy. Yes. I don't have soda. I'm like living my best life. And then when I'm out of a show, I'm just like, I want to sleep all day. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like when you're doing something that you love, you're more inclined to do other things that are hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, 
identify with that so hard because I was just doing a 40 hour week job that was like not creative and just everyone around me was like not people I identified with like Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. world views points of view whatever and that felt like an eternity I was like I'm dying here wasting away right but then I'm like y'all hang out at the theater for 12 hours (laughs) I'm like I'll be there an hour early and yeah yeah like but uh, yeah my 40 hour desk job I was like right (laughs) Erica does a good you do a good job with Elaine Jones. I always ring her bell about this. Is that the right thing? Ring my bell. Mm-hmm. Ring my bell. <laughs> Erica, you said something one time. You're like, people need to do what lights them up, like within the Lillian Jones company. Like, what is the thing that they get excited about that they're like wanting to talk about? And that's the job they should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so that gave me really good perspective on like, okay, what is it? We And we had a meeting last summer that was like, what? makes us excited like working and doing this because we don't get paid to we have Mm -hmm. jobs we have lives anything that we do for our theater company is like completely volunteered on our on our own so we better be excited about Mm -hmm. what we're doing and there's transparently there are moments that we are not excited we're like yeah this is not exciting anymore this feels like not my 501c3 like yeah it doesn't it's not beautiful it's it's a it's not glamorous and it's not there are moments of like, we're done. We're not, I'm not, well, I'll speak for myself. Where I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. And so you have to, re, you have to have the self-discipline and yeah. um, a little bit more of a forward thinking mindset, but mm-hmm. also do what you enjoy mm-hmm. doing yeah. within the company. And that is as um, someone who's like trying to find and study leadership right now, like I've been reading all these books. It's like, how do you bring people up with you in a way that they are also excited about? And then mm-hmm. there's buy-in. You have to see, oh, their eyes light up when they talk about social media mm-hmm. or the aesthetic of this. Great. That is your job. Right. I delegated that to you instead of like, we need people to do this, this, and this. And I know these jobs all suck, but like, go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of touched on this with the union equity card thing, but we were in the, a Facebook post about how it is wonderful and delightful that these small companies are popping up and that people are making work for themselves but would you agree that the ultimate goal ooh, there's my accent <laughs> the the ultimate goal is to maybe hand this off to someone else several years from now because now you work at equity theaters and making that money that's not my goal. Okay. But I don't know. It's not my goal. I like what is the, like, what is the, um, like, vision for Lillian Joan in the next, like, 10 years? 10 is too far for me to think. Okay. But I can think, five, I can think, like, three to five. I would love, I think in a year we've accomplished more than, I don't know what I was expecting. And then it, it was, like, really fast and furious. So it's like I had my head down in the work. So I wasn't, like, seeing what was happening. But I think in five years, I hope that we have enough funding that we can pay our actors at least somewhat of a living wage. Mm -hmm. That also has been a goal since the Mm -hmm. even non-equity, like equity, non-equity. I want them still to get paid pretty much the same wage because we deserve it. Yeah. Artists deserve it. And and of course, our creative team, too. Directors, stage managers. Oh, my gosh. They deserve all the money. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And designers like in five years, that's. That would be my dream. And I think it's achievable just seeing how our growth was over the first year. Yeah. Like, I, I think in five years, that's totally a, a thing. Do you hire all women plus women identifying? We, no, yes and no. We started, you know, that was, we kind of started as like, this is a female only company. And I think from our own, like talking to other people, um, our our vision has expanded and it does include a lot more. We do um, shows that have primarily like it said has the f by the character's mm-hmm. name right um or non-binary or or there's not a gender um description we do stick away we don't we aren't gonna do like a very male heavy 12 show. angry men yeah unless we're <laughs> doing like anyone but cis yeah. you know like that's not something that we're gonna do so that's a that's a part of the vision because like we mentioned earlier like men at 22 feel like very comfortable and confident taking their card and that they're going to work and then i think they just manifest that they do like because they have no other thoughts they're like and it's the assumption that bothers me and like women have to like sit around and worry about it and then consult and then my male counterparts in the industry are like yeah i'll take it yeah (laughs) whatever happens happens but i don't i don't there's not a theater in in town that i'm like 
wow, if I work here, I've achieved something. But that's my, like, I know other people do have those goals. For me, it was, I want to create a space where we can, we already pay people, um, our artists that are in our shows, we are able to compensate. And we had someone the other day who, we, they, we told them how much we pay for venue space, which does not come cheap. And they were like, and you still paid us? And we're like, yeah, yes. like, yeah, it's important. Um, that would be the, the goal. I would love to, I think we've gotten some praise this past year, which was good perspective on not doing too much too soon and really slow burning and like mm-hmm. what is manageable for us. And I think we've, we've learned that the hard way too, where we've taken on entirely too much. We're like, whoa, we need to take next season. We're going to take a step back from this or here. Here's a place that we don't have to conquer right now. We have time. Mm-hmm. There's not a time limit, but no, I don't have any, I don't want to pass it off. Mm-hmm. Um, to go do bigger and better. It's your baby. It's my baby. And I think what we're cultivating, like my dream would that it would make people who work with us when they go into other spaces, if they're not experiencing the same positivity and being challenged, or um, if they do are running up against people who are treating them in a way they don't need to be treated, they've had a good experience to compare it to and say, hey, like, actually, this is not the way the theater has to be. This is not the culture we have to subscribe to. Like, yeah, there is another way Mm -hmm. that is working. That this is like a question that was asked a long time ago. That was another thing. Like, I feel like us starting this company, it's like, I've worked at a lot of like different kinds of theaters and I did experience like some theaters, the director gets to yell at you a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the culture's changed dramatically over the last few years, but like I have experienced being screamed at by a director where I am not getting paid mm-hmm. to work as an actor. Like, that's just not okay. And I think that's like something we are like really adamant about in Lily Jones. Like you are, you're getting compensated. Yes. But it's like, you're donating your time, your energy, your creative spirit. It's like, just let's be, let's treat each other like adults. Like human beings. Yeah. 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 And I don't like that. I think I don't like, that's something that just doesn't fly with me where people are like, well, this is just how it is. You know, like, oh, this is art. This is just how it is. That's how art is. And it's like, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a baby. I'm not, I grew up playing sports and having coaches like grab my face mask and softball and scream at me. Mm-hmm. I don't have thin skin when it comes to that, but I also don't think that it's necessary to mm-hmm. achieve what you need. Oh, absolutely. To, and art, like the thing about theater that I think is hard sometimes is for a lot of us, it is our creative expression, but then it's also our major source of income, which kind of, for me, takes away, like, this is not fun or creative anymore because I'm also concerned about paying this bill and having health insurance. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's not fun. And then I need a creative outlet from theater, which is really sad mm-hmm. to me. So I think Lily and Joan are like, how can we make this a place where you get to feel creative and also you get some money yeah. <laughs> like, Where can we make the Venn sustainable lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. That's that. the dream. This is great. How can people keep up with you as individuals and, and watch what you're doing? You can follow me on Instagram. At Devin underscore underscore Berg. There's two. Um, there's two. Yeah. Because the one was taken. How dare they? I know. Who do they think they are? Devin Berg. Yeah. <laughs> There's one other Devin Berg, and he's a professor at University of Wisconsin. Shout out. Ew. Shout out. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I post a lot of stuff on there. And I also have an Instagram for my play suckers. Mm-hmm. A specific one. That's my child. Um, yeah, that's really it. That's where I post my whole life. Yep. Great. Or you can look me up on YouTube. Hey, hello. Yes. See me sing songs. I want to. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, Erica. Hey. <laughs> well, you can follow uh, Lily and Joan at Lily and Joan. Andy. On, yeah, okay. Andy on Instagram. We have a Facebook page you can follow. We have a website. Got a website. It's lilyandjoantheater.com mm-hmm. with an R-E, right? As God intended. As God, As God intended. <laughs> yeah. And personally, I mine is kind of a dead account but it's not well i used to be vegan but now i'm vegetarian oh it's out but it's just at erica nanette e-r-i-k-a-n-a-n-e-t-t-e there we go and she does still post food on there as well and it's yeah, always not people are inspired though do you know how many people are like i'm making tofu toast because erica i made love tofu, tofu. Toast. yeah um and you can follow me at emily p faith uh, there's Emily P. Faith Instagram. I have a website, Emily P. Faith. And then for my um, drama therapy life, I, it's Healing Unscripted. 
Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to follow all of these. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Lillian Drum does have a show coming up. You guys just had auditions. Oh, yes. We do have a show. Casting is complete. I have sent out that email, so I feel comforting that. But casting is complete for Redeemer Mind, which is written by J.C. Pankratz um, and directed by Abigail Burkett who is um, a wonderful human mm-hmm. and also, like, part of our management team. Yeah. Um, if, you're into the, if you're into spooky... Cults. Cults. And family drama, mm-hmm. please come see Redeemer Mine. Thank you mm-hmm. for saying the playwright's name as well. Hey, of course. That's I know so that important. J.C. wrote this. The show was actually done as a reading two or three years ago at Kitchen Dog with their play festival, um, and Abigail directed it then, and then she loves this place so much and was like have to do it and pitched it to us but yes cult family excited. ghosts true, at crime. The, true crime at the margo jones opening march 20th it's a friday night get your tickets now awesome. <clears throat> i'm excited thank you guys so much for getting up here in the rain and <laughs> cozying yeah, up with me and having everyone we had a galentine's brunch we did there's fruit there's donuts Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, guys. That was Lily and Joan Theater Company. They were just phenomenal. Please keep an eye on their website so you can find out what's going on, what's next for them. I will absolutely be auditioning next time they have auditions because they were just so delightful. If you enjoyed this episode today, please tell somebody about it. Take a screenshot on whatever platform you're listening to right now and post it on social media. Word of mouth recommendation goes a long, long way for us. Or if you're listening and you know someone that would be a really fantastic addition to the lineup this year, or you want to hear their story, or they're doing wonderful things in Dallas-Fort Worth, let us know. Slide into our DMs or do it the old-fashioned way and email us at artsdistrictpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back in two weeks. Bye.